April 6th. Stop talking. Stop moving. Don't make a sound. Because if they hear you, they hunt you. We have to protect them. A quiet place is genuinely scary. A remarkable achievement. And now it's 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. A quiet place in theaters April 6th. is the nameless dead we're so glad you're able to join us for another episode this year and a half after the comets as usual we hope you're all tuning in on headphones in a safe place but we'll be quiet just in case many people have asked us why we keep producing this podcast in a post-death angels world even though there have been countless lives lost we believe each individual is important and deserves to have their story told and remembered The podcast also enables us to act as an information gathering and distribution hub. Who knows, we might one day save your life. Before we begin, I found this great description of the Dark Angels in an old New Yorker. Yes, I take the risk of wrestling through old magazines. It helps me remember better times. And I can't shake the feeling that I may one day discover something crucial in the time before the authorities realized why so many people were going missing. This quote was written by Anthony Lane, and I thought it might be helpful for those of us who have never seen an angel up close. They are roughly the size of a horse, and they seem to have ravaged our planet, despite being blind. In a cunning touch, their awkward movements at close quarters resemble those of sightless old men with walking sticks. They have ranks of needling teeth, but their special tool is their ears. Giant, sticky whirls like the horn of a wind-up gramophone, with the echoing depth of a seashell and the hint of an opening rose. Now, we don't know if Anthony Lane is still with us today, but we would like to tell the stories of a few people who are not. Today, we'd like to tell you about the Abbott family. We have young Bo, who passed 89 days after the meteorites as well as the father of the family, Lee, who was just taken 473 days after the crashes. This story comes to us from Evelyn Abbott, matriarch and now single mother of the family. It was a sunny day in Little Falls, upstate New York, when the Abbott family had to go to the pharmacy. You see, 12-year-old Marcus Abbott was on his third day of a pneumonia-like sickness. Such sicknesses put the whole family in danger in a multitude of ways. There's the noise, the sneezing, the coughing, the sniffling, and then there's the contagion factor. Needless to say, the whole family was hoping for Marcus's speedy recovery. But now it was day three. Marcus needed medication. So Leah and Evelyn packed up their three kids and walked into town. Of course the family faced the footstep problem we all face. They solved this problem by carrying around bags of sand and sprinkling it ahead of them on the path that they were blazing. We should also mention that Lee and Evelyn's eldest child, Regan, was born deaf. She used a cochlear implant before the meteorites, 
And I know we all use a variant of sign language these days, but the entire Abbott family was fluent before the Dark Angels landed. Since Reagan's last transmitter gave out, Lee had worked diligently with audio technology to attempt to replace Reagan's transmitter so she could hear when she was in danger. But he was sadly unable to achieve this. This act was truly a testament of Lee's love for his children. I mean, who in their right mind would mess with sound at a time like this other than a father trying to restore his daughter's hearing? Once in town, the family was successfully able to obtain sulfamethadol for Marcus. Baby Bo, the youngest abbot, was a quiet and independent child, so he was often left in the periphery of the family with no problems. In this case, Bo was set squarely in the center of the pharmacy to draw on the dirt while his parents obtained necessities. Bo was obsessed with rockets, and after drawing a rocket in the dust on the floor, he had the fortune of finding a toy rocket on the shelves. Unfortunately, the toy rocket had sound effects and had to be left behind. To this day, Evelyn doesn't know how Bo ended up with the rocket, but he activated its sound effects at the worst possible time. The family was in the middle of the woods on the path back to their home. Bo had fallen behind his family on the path when somewhere behind them, they heard the fateful noise pierce the silence. Lee ran as fast as he could but was unable to save his son from the impending death angel. The whole family has lived in regret of this moment ever since. Wow, this is such a tragedy for a young boy to be lost. So why was no one paying attention to him? You know, Evelyn said that he was a very independent child and usually didn't cause any problems. So to some extent, I think the family was accustomed to him being a bit independent. Um, And also they were walking in the family order. Um, You know, that tends to happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. I all end up walking in the same space, and Bo was just the last one on the path. And the most at risk. The thing that surprises me the most is that so far into the arrival of the Death Angels, he found a toy that still had functioning batteries. Yeah, and, and that's that's a really good point. I mean, batteries have a long life, um, but why why were the batteries in there? Like, how was he able to, to put the batteries in? Because most toys don't come with batteries already in them, right? I'm really just surprised that such a dangerous toy with the, the ability to make so much noise was still left with its batteries, that the batteries wouldn't have been confiscated for use in a more safe and useful object. Yeah, that's a really good point. But you know how stores look these days. Everything that makes noise is absolutely untouched. So it's possible that any adult looking at the toy could clearly see that it made noise and just left it well enough alone. Mm, That makes sense. The day that Lee Abbott passed was a day in which everything went wrong. It was day 473 since the Mexico meteorite, and Evelyn was eight months pregnant. 
Lee had planned on staying closer to Evelyn once her due date was near, but since he still had time and a Christmas light warning system rigged up, he decided to take Marcus fishing. It was important to both Evelyn and Lee that their children knew how to survive without them. As we all know, these days the future is so uncertain. Regan, the family's eldest daughter, upset at not being allowed to join her father and brother, went off to pout by herself. Lee was sometimes overprotective of his deaf daughter, but restraints on a teenager are often not translated as kindness. Almost as soon as night fell on the Abbott house, Evelyn went into labor. Fortunately, she was able to trigger the emergency lights before inevitably attracting a dark angel with her labor screams. Lee and Marcus returned just in time for Marcus to set off fireworks to drown out the sound of Evelyn's labor and draw the death angels away from the house. Unfortunately, this act split the family up. Lee ran to Evelyn, fearing for her life, only to find that she was not only still alive, but had successfully delivered the new baby. Lee carried both the exhausted Evelyn and the new baby into the safety of a soundproof room he had built and left to find the other children. When he finally located Marcus and Regan, they had fallen into the farm's grain silo with a death angel who, probably because it was in danger of being swallowed by the grain, broke through the wall of the silo and fled. Unfortunately, the angel did not go far. Once Lee was reunited with his children, the Death Angel quickly circled back to the family. Upon hearing its approach, Lee sent the kids to hide in a nearby old truck, and then made a decision that would seal his fate. He grabbed an axe to fend off the creature. In his last few moments alive, he told the children, I love you, I have always loved you, and let out a death yell. Wow. That is such a heroic sacrifice. And the kids did get away? Yeah. Um, they were able to put the truck into neutral and ride down the hill back towards the house without, apparently, the death angel even noticing. Oh, that's such a relief. And such a heroic sacrifice on his part after just meeting his baby for the first time. At least he did get to meet the new baby. Mm-hmm. It would have been even more heartbreaking if he hadn't been able to. Mm, it would. So we know that these death angels are very difficult to injure. So wouldn't he have known that an axe that he grabbed wouldn't be enough to stop it? It would appear that he did know this. He did extensive research on the angels um, and had old newspaper articles collected. He... He made an effort to understand everything he could about them. Um, so we're left to believe that he grabbed the axe in order to distract the death angel from his children. He did what he had to do to save his kids. So now this leaves Evelyn with a newborn baby and two older children alone to raise them in this harsh world. Certainly does. Evelyn, Evelyn must be an amazing woman. Mm. I can't imagine being in a situation like that. No. And I can't believe she had the energy and time to contact us <laughs> and share her story. 
And share her tips. And share her tips. So let's get on to those tips. I know you guys have all been waiting. And this first one is groundbreaking. The Abbott family has discovered how to make the Dark Angels pull back their organic plated armor, thereby making themselves vulnerable to attack. This is huge. Evelyn chose a shotgun blast to the face to take the angel out, but please keep in mind if you should choose a gunshot, remember to be barricaded and ready for more to come running. So what Evelyn's daughter did to make the angel vulnerable is pressed her cochlear transmitter to a microphone to create a feedback loop through the combination of hearing aid, microphone, and headphones. To the layman's ears, it sounds like this. Somehow, the angel's effect on electronics is not able to overcome or alter this feedback. I'm really hoping we can save some lives with this information, so go forth, survivors, and build yourself a weapon. The family also has a quiet room. We all know that being underground generally provides enough soundproofing to throw the death angels off, but for those of us without traditional soundproofing equipment for our entrances, Lee found that covering the opening to an underground room with an old mattress provided enough soundproofing for safety within a house. And this provided the first level of safety for the new baby, because we all know babies are loud. The second level of safety for the newborn was an oxygen mask. While wearing the mask, the baby could make as much noise as he wanted without his parents fearing that the noise would escape. The mask doesn't hurt the baby. With an oxygen mask, the parents can allow in the correct level of oxygen to make the baby comfortably able to breathe. This system has continued to work thus far for the Abbott family. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, fireworks provided a perfect distraction to get the angels away from the house in an emergency. We touched on this earlier, and I know most of us don't have access to fireworks or explosive. But something that can make noise while you remain a safe distance away can lead the angels far away from whomever may be in danger. The Abbots also have an emergency lighting system. This is an ingenious alternative to the beacons and smoke signals we're all using. Lee strung up Christmas lights throughout the farm with one central power source and switcher. They used one color for ambient light, which was used to light different paths and then a second color for emergencies. Christmas lights don't pull a large amount of power, so even those of us with limited access to power should be able to use a similar system. If you do have access to a larger amount of power, security cameras are an excellent practice. Of course, most of you who are able to have these likely already have them. The Abbots lived on a large tract of land, so security cameras were incredibly helpful for tracking the angel's location. The family discovered that corn is a crop that works well in our post-meteorite climate. The corn can yield multiple times a year due to the global dimming, and turned out to be a major source of food for the Abbots. And that corn is cleverly eaten on lettuce leaf plates in the Abbott household. It's a nice, quiet way to serve a family dinner. We've seen this before. Angels view all solid surfaces as the same. They try to penetrate them. If they can't, they eventually give up. 
shower doors, with their sound-snuffing ability, plus their solidness, are able to confuse the angels to an extent. The angel that Evelyn was face-to-face with during her labor was quickly distracted by the fireworks, so she didn't fully see how effective the shower door was, but it did certainly save her life. The last trick the Abbott family had in their bag was a nearby waterfall. Now, for those of you who do not live near a waterfall, you may not know that a waterfall will throw off the angels entirely. As we know, this works well for any running water, so consider this your reminder that when you're in danger, head to the running water. This episode was written and hosted by Karina McGeehan, with co-hosting by Emily Shirley. Our editor and producer is Derek Adams, and sound and music design was done by Ian Ennis, 